Welcome to Sex and Life, and thank you for joining us. Sex and Life is the podcast about human sexuality and how it uh, interfaces with our daily lives. I like interfaces. Interfaces? You like that? I do. Today we have a really interesting program because it's something I know very little about, and that is paraphilic infantilism, or better known to most people as littles or adult babies. I don't know very much about this, but we uh, we have Ashley on the show today. Hello, Ashley. Hello. And uh, Ashley is going to talk to us about being a little or being an adult baby. And with us, of course, as always, is the producer. I don't know about as always. Sometimes I've looked at you and go, Eli, you forgot to say I'm here. Almost always. Almost always. Almost 80%. always. 80%. 60%. Thank you for coming on the show, Ashley. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So, Ashley... Uh, just to learn a little more about you and, and where you're coming from, you were a cis male. Yes. Right? And uh, you're trans and you're into being a little. Yes. Both of those. Um, but neither – they don't go together. That's the They don't go thing. together. They don't go together. How, I've been transgendered most of my life. Okay. Uh, becoming a little or being a little is something that came afterwards. Yeah. Much afterwards, so. Now – there's a phrase for for trans uh, adult babies called sissy babies. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a phrase. Is that offensive? Not really. Not to me. Um, I can see where some people would probably be offended by it. I'm not offended by it. I'm not offended by most things. Um, depending upon who I'm with, I'd probably take it as a compliment. So. Okay. Well, that's cool. I mean – because, <laughs> you know, it sucks if, if people are making fun of you and being assholes. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's one of those that almost any comment you hear can be taken as fun or, you know, in, in the heat of the moment or in the passion of the moment. And as terms used to be hateful. And yeah. it's just how it's used and when it's used and by who. In context if, and all that. Yeah. If some stranger on the street said it, they'd probably get hit. The producer's forever dropping the N-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I told you that in confidence. <laughs> he also uses the C-word a lot. Conservatives. That's that's a C-word. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of dropping a few F-bombs <laughs> very quickly. Fun, fun, fun. Everything should be fun. I think so. So, actually, when when did you first identify as a little? There were inklings of it when I was in high school. Um, not too much before that, but definitely when I was in high school. And it really got big when I first, when I moved away and was in college for the first time. There have been a couple times when it sort of like died away and I've sort of packed everything in a closet and locked it away because I was ashamed of it for some reason. And it's come back out. It tends to come out in high-stress situations. Okay. And I really feel like I need to, so. That kind of makes sense, though, because from my understanding, a lot of people who get into it, uh, they're mainly men or, or mm-hmm. uh, trans women. But from my understanding, it's just it's about a, re- a, re- a release of responsibility. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just – it's like any almost any other submissive role. It is a release of responsibility. And particularly for me in my profession, I have a lot of responsibility and I see a lot of things that people shouldn't see. And because of that, it's a way to sort of shut everything out and focus on something else and just 
Ashley uh, gives thanks. the Fords their colonoscopies, <laughs> which is why she's saying she's seen things How that she shouldn't see. How scary is that? <laughs> so what was it that attracted you specifically to the lifestyle? Like, what, there was, was it a conscious that- attraction or was it very like out of left field? And you're like, oh, wait, hey. It wasn't really conscious. It was – it. earlier I'd said that being trans and being a little are two things that are completely separate for me, and they are. But they almost started hand in hand. When I started to fully recognize being trans and my, you know, my gender identity as being a woman, it was about the same time. Now, is it because I didn't have that little girl phase growing up? I don't know, um, but it's almost like I want that and wanted that and stuck in that position to an extent. But it it came about. It, it started going the along the same time period when I was in high school, somewhere around in there. So, how old is your little? About three years old. It it depends on you know my mood and everything else. It's somewhere between three and five. Normally, it's about three years old. I think what I'd like to know um, before we proceed any further is a solid definition of or what exactly happens when you start. When I get into that headspace? Yeah. It's not like a switch that's on and off for me. It's. So it's not like an actor just no. becoming a character. It's not. It's For me, it's not an actor becoming a character. It's just being who I am or being who I feel I should be in the moment. I wish it was more of a switch sometimes. Mm-hmm. It can be, but it's more progressive. It's for me, it's whenever I'm not at work. Okay. So, and I've been fortunate enough to find a roommate who, though she doesn't know about me being a little, pulls it out all the time. Hmm. That's really interesting. Do you see her as like a mother figure? Or? No. Same thing. She's also somewhat very childlike and so am I so, I'm, I'm very childish fart jokes 24-7 I'm ignoring them so I mean not, and, not. You, you mentioned your profession a couple of times and the high stress level of it so I don't want to try to guess what it is I'd rather know I am a I'm a grad well I'm at grad school here at the University of Toronto so I have all the teaching responsibilities I'm a PhD student but I'm also a forensic anthropologist so as a career I look at dead people all the time, and what I study in particular are people who are rather traumatized. Uh, okay. So it's something that – Like accident victims? Accident victims. Um, Later? Hmm? Murder? Yeah, I was trying murder. to put a spin on it to – Put an Italian lighten. spin on there? Yeah. I used to see yeah. all that stuff all the time on bangedup.com. I, I don't know about bangedup.com. Oh, man. That was from – mid to late 90s if you hadn't told me it was involving murder i would have pictured something very different no but it's it's, it's different things that you wouldn't see anywhere you know like normal places so they'd yeah. have pictures of scat and 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 snuff pictures and all just kind of you know stupid cartoons and just anything that really was beyond what people would call socially acceptable uh, viewing. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't even know if it still exists. You know what I'm going to have to look up afterwards? You are, you're going to look for it. If it still exists. If it still exists. If. 
It's like uh, Newgrounds. Newgrounds is still around. Yeah, I love that sh- that place. <laughs> anyway, back to uh, tangent control. Tangent control. Yeah. Ah. Are there are there lots of uh, let's say like online groups or social groups for littles? Is there a lot of support in the community? I'm finding more and more. Uh, normally through FetLife, which is kind of interesting, but almost for everyone you find that's a good sort of support group for being little, which is what I look for a lot, you find two or three that is more sex than support. And they're the people that are on there are more into being a little for the sex aspect of it rather than the lifestyle aspect of it. So for you, is it a sexual thing or is it? It's more of a lifestyle thing than a sexual thing. It's when I'm with someone who I would consider to be like that mommy figure, that daddy figure, sex can be a part of it. It's a minor thing. If it never happens, it never happens. It doesn't affect me. Yeah. Or your so, desire. Or my desire. It's it's more the being cared for childlike innocence than the sex. Are there any like ever any big little parties? You know, like like a daycare almost kind of atmosphere? Everybody's wearing birthday sh- hats. And- I'm sure there are. I hear there are. I uh, haven't been in Toronto long enough to find them. Okay. So. Well, that's where okay. FetLife kind of helps out, I guess, yeah, right? Like it does, and it's trying to get through all the clutter to figure out where all that stuff is. Yeah. So. I'm wondering, do you, it, it, when you when you find a, a partner to uh, engage with, it sounds to me like because you're trying to sort of mimic a relationship between um, a child and the parent, yeah. it's a consistent relationship. So it's not like it's a different person each time. You go back to this person. Yeah, I, I go back to the same part. <clears throat> excuse me, to the same person over and over again. Uh, when I was living in Boston, I had a, a daddy figure that came over quite often. Um, and he'd park the car. <laughs> and he'd go yes. for, the, for claim chowder. Yeah, surprisingly, that accent doesn't exist in, in Boston. <laughs> Only it on the does. North Shore. Brain tree. So, you're telling me the stereotypical accent doesn't actually describe the people that live there? Unbelievable. No, it just doesn't. Um, <laughs> oh, I feel like my whole I life is going to lie. I lived there for four years, and I think I know only two people with that strong Boston accent. Paul Stanley has it. Ever listen to any interviews with Paul Stanley from Kiss? Is he on bangedup.com? <clears throat> no, he, he's not. <laughs> but but he does have a really strong Boston accent. Boston. I think it's a little bit put on. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, but I had someone in Boston. I I don't hear yet. Still looking. But again, it's one of those. It takes a long time to try to cultivate one of those relationships. So I, I would think so. Not only that. Where would you find, like, clothing and accessories? Like, are there stores? The internet. Mm. So stores, stores on the internet? Stores on the internet. Basically, it's one of those that if it can be found, it can be found on the internet. Yeah. Uh, there are they a do, couple, like, giant play pens? And- there are places where you can buy that. It's expensive. Yeah. Very, very expensive. And I can't afford it on the grad student budget. But Probably I know not. Pe- I know people who do. I know people who have spent that kind of money. Yeah, yeah. And I they have everything from giant sized play pens to giant sized cribs, which 
you'd have to have a, your own house with a special room for all that stuff. Yeah. And I have a drawer. <laughs> That's it, eh? It's like, I was thinking like a giant rocking horse. Yeah. You know, like for adults. And then, like, it would be fun. Who would make that? And, and who would, like, how do you, how do you know how much to charge for it? You know, of course you got to cover materials. Yeah. And labor. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, and then what's, what's the market like for it? Well, it's one of those that you don't produce a lot because there, you don't need to produce a lot. But yeah. a lot of the folks that are in this lifestyle, if they want it, they will spend whatever they have to to get it. Yeah. It's, I don't want to say it's like a drug because it isn't like a drug, but it is. To an extent, it is. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's like anything that uh, – if the drive is strong enough. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I know guys who spend a ton of money on Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, Guilty. Just insane amounts of money. So, you know, like, you know, it's a desire. You're going to... You're going to spend the money. That's it. Well, the and, funny thing about Magic, and I swear this will tie in, but you put together your, your deck and you think, oh, this should be good enough. I'm just going to have fun with it. And then... It's not good enough. You need to replace it with something better. You need to move on to the next thing. And before you know it, you've completely remade the deck and you yeah. spent more and more money on it. It's kind of like, I would think, you know, liking being in diapers and that being a gateway with big quotes um, to something like wanting to sleep with feet. I'm not. You know, sleepers with the feet. Oh, like sleepers that? with the feet. I'm, I'm thinking you actually sleep with feet, and it's like no, no, no <laughs> that's no. something else. <laughs> Just sleepers with sleepers the feet. with feet, and I, yeah, it's it's actually kind of how it grew with me as well. Cool. Um, it started off with wearing good nights at night, and expanded from there. Okay. Are you ever bratty as a kid? Or are you, like, very obedient all the time? I can be. Okay. Um, normally when I get bratty, it's because when, when I'm with someone that I'm somewhat committed to, the my lifestyle and my big world so, sort of merge. Things like having to do your homework. Yeah. Um, and there are times when I just don't want to. Yeah. And that's when the bratty part comes out. But is, for the most part, I'm, I consider myself a good girl, yeah. Is there, like, do you get punished or, or you know, do, do you do timeouts yeah. or do you get spanked or? Get spanked. Um, not so much the timeouts, just get spanked. When you're fed, are you fed portions relative to how much you actually need to eat or do they? What I, what I need to eat. Oh, what I need to eat. More than. Tiny little size. So, do you eat all your vegetables? <laughs> no, I'm, I don't eat all my vegetables. I hate I vegetables. Even, yeah, I don't even eat all my vegetables. I, I, get, <laughs> I, I don't get, even think that's specific to what we're talking about here. I think people in general. I like vegetables. I get, weird. I get told I have to eat my vegetables. I don't like my vegetables. I do like chocolate and I eat candy all the time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I eat a lot of candy when I quit smoking. That's how I put on 35 pounds. Moved on from one addiction to the other. That's it. <laughs> now, there are people who say that 
being a little is a form of uh, sexual mas- masochism. I think if you are into it more the sexual role, it is a form of masochism. It is a form uh, – I mean you're giving yourself up completely to somebody else essentially. Yeah. So – and there's a – there is a huge humiliation aspect to it. So it may not be a physical form of masochism, but there's an emotional form of masochism involved. Okay. So I mean it can be kind of humiliating. Like abuse of power or something like that? Yeah. Uh, abuse of – well, more – our natural inclinations are to be adults because we are adults. Mm-hmm. But to some folks, it's not so much that they desire to be a little, like I desire to be a little. It's they want to be forced. There's an element of force involved to be yeah. to be younger. So that's that part of masochism that exists. How do you how do you work out like the boundaries? Do you do you have a safe word like in other aspects of, of a lot of sexual play? For me, no, I don't have a safe word. Uh, it's there's an understanding before you get into this kind of relationship, but for me, once I'm in it, I've I essentially give total control over to whoever that big is. Yeah. And once I've done that, I'm basically trusting them not to go over the line. Yeah. So there is no sort of safe word for me or safe action or something, if you want to say that. Yeah. It's just have fun, do what you want. Have you ever had had a big that was shorter than you? All the time. I'm tall. You're like six? Six foot two. I am tall. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's really hard to find someone who is taller than me. And when you start narrowing it down into that one role, it's not going to happen. I stopped looking a long time ago. <laughs> uh, maybe we could talk like the great colleague or big show into <laughs> that. Because they'd be taller than you at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have no clue who those people are, though. Big wrestlers. Ah. Well, the Big Show is a wrestler, right? The Big Show, great call. He's a wrestler. He's also a, uh, an actor in a lot of Bollywood movies. Oh, Dude's okay. seven foot tall as well. That would be fun. Have you seen The Longest Yard, um, the Adam Sandler version? I don't watch the Adam Sandler version of very many things. So that'd be a no. No. Anyway, he was one of the, the convicts that he got to play football. The really tall one? Yeah. Okay. With the ping pong table. Yeah. Makes sense. The really tall one. The really tall one. Yeah. <laughs> Along with Kevin Nash, who's also... You have things written down on that. I do. I do. Uh, does your family know about this? My family does not. Oh. Um, and nor will they. <laughs> it's Maybe eventually they will know that if I find somebody that I like that I want to be with for the rest of my life they may know something yeah like there's a sort of power exchange relationship there but that's about as far as they'll know yeah uh particularly my father it's been a very difficult pill for him to swallow that i'm trans okay add this on top of it and i think that's a bit much eh? that would do it how how old are your parents are they like really really older in their 60s so 
But I guess maybe they didn't come from a big city or? No, uh, my dad was an Air Force brat and my mother came from mid middle America, basically. So rather conservative people to begin with. Yeah, my family's pretty liberal, like home used to be a fag hag back in the day. <laughs> so it was kind of cool, you know, growing up with, with that much openness, mm-hmm. I, I always thought was healthy. It it would be, and I would like to have that. I mean, it's one of those, my roommate doesn't know, none of my friends know. It's almost as if I have two completely different worlds that I live in, and I'd like to eventually bring those two worlds together. Yeah. I don't think it'll ever happen, particularly like my job will never know. Yeah. My job can't ever know. Um, my family will know something eventually. Yeah. As far as my friends are concerned, I'd like them to know, but. How do you, how do you like, how would you go about bringing that up? Like with a friend? I mean, talk about it casually and see the reaction then? Or? Probably. Um, but again, it would be something that I would do if I had that significant other yeah. as well. Yeah. In part because if it goes bad, you have someone to, <laughs> to go back to. That's it. So. You still like the swings? I love the swing sets. Swings are awesome. There's a park right next to... My house, and I'll go swing on the swing set and play on the playground, and it's fun. I enjoy going and doing all that stuff. Yeah, I used to, not so much the playground, but I used to ride the swings. A uh, place I lived right across the street, there were swings, and we'd go on the swings and smoke cigarettes. I think as long as there's not those toddler ones where you're locked in, pretty much anyone can yeah, get Yeah, I, I couldn't get a thigh in there. Yeah, they're too it's, tiny. They're very too tiny. <laughs> And what's interesting to me about this is that I think there's a certain level of denial in uh, most of society when we're thinking about disassociating our childishness from our uh, adult mm-hmm. selves. And I think the, even the term adult is kind of put on by us. It's, yeah. it's based off these definitions that we have. So did you ever feel like any sort of uh, shame or any sort of dislike that you were being a part of this? Did you feel like if people were to find out, because you have kept it yeah. secret, you feel like if people and do find out about this, that they will not only not understand, but they'll actually reprimand you for it. I And I do feel that. I To this day, I still feel that. It's something that I'm trying to get rid of and trying to say, I don't need to feel shame. There are actually a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something that, as far as being a little is concerned, I think there's a lot more people who are that just don't recognize it. I, um, I have a tendency to agree with you because I know a lot of women who, not like a little little, but you know they, they want to act like they're teenagers. Yeah, and they want to have a daddy, even though it's not. A they're, they're not into the the incest thing. Yeah, but just giving you know the title daddy as opposed to sir or master, right? And yeah. wanting to be. Reprimanded. I find that with a lot of very, very independent women as well. Which is something I've seen a lot. Um, And it's more – the men who are into this will tell you. The women try to – it's almost like it's a part of who they are. They just don't admit it to themselves. So 
I can see that. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, looking at, at, the, uh, at the cause of it and all that, because a lot of people don't really fully understand the cause of infantilism, it seems that most of the researchers feel that it's, it's mostly a male-dominated aspect of life. It, it, I think you're right, and I think it's – again, it's one of those – if you were to look at it from a sexual aspect, you'll find a lot more men are involved in the sex part of things. You know, wearing diapers gets them sexually aroused. Mm-hmm. Being treated as if they're a two-year-old gets them sexually aroused. Nursing. Nursing gets them sexually aroused. Nursing gets them sexually aroused. <laughs> but <laughs> – it, for at least for me and for other women that I know, it's not necessarily the sexual arousal part. It's the caring aspect of it. Yeah. It's the tenderness aspect of it. It's, well, I mean, that's one thing I've I've said before is uh, because I'm a daddy. I like being a daddy because to me, there's no safer place mm-hmm. than in your daddy's arms. You know, my dad is a big guy. You know, not as big as you, but uh, bigger than me. He's five five eleven. So you know, like when when I needed someone to protect me, he's big and there, and and you're just always around this figure that can handle anything, and that's dad. You know, and that's kind of like what I dig about it. Yeah, is the 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 love there and the, and, and the the feeling of safety. You know, so I guess in that kind of aspect, uh, I can really identify with with uh, what you do. And there is a it's it is a level of safety. It's a level of trust. I think it's, there's a greater level of trust in this kind of relationship than if you were in, say, a master slave situation to an extent, because in this the the. You want to trust your parents. Yeah. Just it's ingrained in us as far as nature is concerned to be that trusting of that father figure figure, that mother figure fig, figure. figure. So once you're <laughs> in this kind of relationship, you you're basically explicitly saying or implicitly, I guess is is a better word, you're put giving that trust to someone else. And letting them make the decisions and be that adult role, yeah. Without actually sitting down and saying, "Well, here's the rules and here's the things like that." Just, just because as you grow up, you become more and more aware of the fact that your parents aren't these mommy and daddy figures. They actually are still just people that yeah. happen to give birth to you. So that illusion is lost over time. So I can definitely see wanting to get back to that and to. Uh, defining them more based off their role and not necessarily them just as a person. Yeah. And there's the innocence that you, you want to get back to that innocence of not knowing about the world mm-hmm. essentially. So it seemed to me, right. That there's two camps, but the more honest one I think is, is the non-sexual adult babies because it is about that innocence yeah. to, to some extent. And I think, that making it sex, making it sexual uh, would diminish the experience, in my opinion. In mine as well. I mean, I I cannot talk about those that do that 
are into this for the sexual aspect of it because I don't know. It's yeah. not me. Uh, but I can sort of see where I would say, yes, it's it's sort of a fallacy Yeah. because we don't want to sexualize children. Yeah. And yeah. being an adult that does this, you're trying not to. And it's almost like there's a line that sort of gets blurred. So sexologist Gloria Brame, I hope I'm saying her name right, who said infantilists who recognize and accept their sexuality and its uh, possible roots in infantile trauma tend to be acutely protective of real children. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because quite honestly, I hate kids. <laughs> it's it's just a strange thing. Is I've I've never been a big fan of kids, and I don't know why. I think part of it is I feel awkward around kids. Mm. You know, real little kids. Um, so because I feel that awkwardness, I don't want to get close to them. I don't want to get attached to them. I've never really been around kids to begin with. So, but I mean, there's not like you want to hurt them. No, there there isn't. It's, it's quite the opposite. There's some of them I so, want to hurt. <laughs> the ones that I'll call little shits. Yeah. The screaming ones that are always outside my window at 6 a.m. I was I was at a no-frills, and this woman's looking at the eggs or dairy or something like this, and this kid comes up behind her, I guess it's her kid, and shoves her really hard so she loses her balance and almost falls. Would you ever ever even thought of doing anything like that to your parents? I mean, I've done some bad things, but I've never physically tried to attack them in public, no. Just at home? Yeah, yeah, of course. When no one's looking, when it's okay. Mommy totally didn't fall down the staircase. (laughs) I'd have been smacked before I even got to her. You know, just for thinking it. My mom would look at me, bam, right in the head. (laughs) <laughs> um, and then, of course, the ever-famous "just wait until your dad gets home." See, I was a single mother. Ah, just wait till your mom gets home. My my dad wasn't the threat, but my dad would threaten me with his friends. So I was very afraid of the Big John figure. Like, I'll call Big John. Look him <laughs> over here. Really? Yeah. There was no Big John. Okay, he didn't exist. At least and you know this for a fact. No, actually, I don't. How does your dad have all these mercenary friends? <laughs> um, years at working at the Toronto School Board. As a mercenary? As a as a as a truck driver for textbooks. Not as a materials. Maybe that was a cover for his mercenary work. If my dad was a mercenary, and I didn't know by now. I'd be really upset. You are pretty gullible. I'm not. Ah, see? See? I was going to agree with you there. That would have made me gullible. <laughs> see how easy it is. No, that would just make you right. For change. I'm not shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is, this is how quickly we, we devolve. Yes. Are you done? Are you done? Oh, out of your system? Uh, maybe. How does, um, how does uh, the, the aspect of play uh, come into it? Do you, is there a lot of time spent playing games and what sort of stuff do you do when you're playing? I'll play with my stuffies. Um, stuffed animals. Yeah. Stuffed animals. Familiar with the term stuffies. Oh, Beanie uh, babies? stuffed animals. What? Beanie babies. No. Gun. Um, 
I've never had any Beanie Babies. I have a Mr. Bear, which is a giant bear that I'll play with, uh, and he sleeps with me at night. Then there's a tiny little T-Rex that I play with all the time. Uh, a couple others. Snoopy, Mickey, uh, Pluto. Pluto? Pluto. Nice. The Goofy. planet or the dog? The dog. Okay. Pluto's Goofy. on the planet. Shut up. I'm just saying it's on the planet. <laughs> and it's – I'll watch childlike shows. Um, What's your favorite? I don't know. <laughs> no? I don't know. Tupi and Binu. It is so hilarious. Never even heard of that one. No? No. And it's it's very cause cause Tupi is a mouse, a boy mouse, and Bino is his uh raggedy, I think it's supposed to be a bunny or something. But you know, it's a stuffed animal, right? And uh when he plays mix make, make believe, Bino comes alive. Huh. But it was it's very progressive. There was one episode where Tupi was running around in a, a tutu. Hmm. And it was just, who cares? And I thought that was very, very, very cool. Never even heard of it. Wow. Tupi, Tupi, Binu, Binu, Tupi and Binu. It might just be something that's up here in Canada and never made it to that's the States. That's a possibility. I mean, it's on um, Treehouse. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. When you, uh, when you were younger, I assumed you... Also watch children's television yeah. shows because at that time you were the target market. I guess you're still target market, sort of. To an extent, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you noticed any uh, major shifts in children's programming? They have become more, at least from the standpoint of what I've seen in the States, they've become more diversified. Interesting. Um, when I was growing up, there never would have been a Dora the Explorer. It never would have happened. And it would be door to the housekeeper. Exactly. <laughs> so those are something that just that's that's new. Well, more. How's your Spanish? I can order a burrito in a Mexican restaurant. Abre boots, abre. Watch a whole lot of Dora, like way more than I should have. <laughs> that and uh, Blue's Clues. I do like. I was, a, I was a magic school bus and Arthur kid. Joe, Joe's Those. way cooler than Steve. Joe was the first one, right? Or was it Steve? And then Joe. Um, the original guy on Blues Clues is the better one. Yeah, I have a definite opinion on that. And I still watch Magic School Bus. I love Magic School Bus what with Miss Frizzle. Uh, the, the Great Space Coaster. That was a show I liked as a kid. I've seen it on like reruns and. Uh, one of the cartoon channels they have. That was great. So, Promise me you don't own any Tickle Me Elmos. No. I don't own any Tickle Me Elmos. Oh, good. I've never liked Elmo. I loved... Wonderful. I did love <laughs> Big Bird. Of and, course. Because everyone likes Big Bird. But I've never liked Elmo. I thought Elmo was just too annoying. The voice was just too annoying. Who's your favorite Muppet? Kermit. Kermit? I do like Kermit. Mine growing up was Oscar the Grouch. I even had a book written by Oscar the Grouch called How to Be a Grouch. <laughs> and my second favorite book was Grover's There's a Monster at the End of This Book. <laughs> Classic. Classic books. Was there a point in your life where I actually did live in a trash can? 
Uh, pretty close. I've been homeless three or four times. Good close calls. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is, right? That took yeah. a serious turn. Um, <laughs> Who'd have thought when we were having a discussion with a little that we end up talking about children's TV shows? I mean, it's not the most ridiculous tangent to go on. Do you still like bubble baths? I only take baths. I don't take showers. That makes I, sense. And I, when I can, I take bar- a bubble bath. Or? No, when I can, I take a bubble bath. But a lot of times, I'll just take a regular bath. You have tub toys. A little squeak duck. Just a duck. Just a duck. Uh, not much else. There's the. Toys have come such a long way, you know, and and even in the span between uh, my life and and yours, Joe, um, it's just like the crazy, crazy. I mean, we had imaginations and stuff like that. These things, they take batteries and there's like floating islands of toys and. You have to have imagination. I think so. And for this especially, it's the only way it works is you have to have an imagination. It's also like that with D&D. You have to have an imagination. What would you suggest to someone who hears this and and is interested in exploring uh, their own littles? What, What kind of advice do you have that's helped you on your journey? It's for me, it's one of those if if you have an inner little, you know it, embrace it. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't try to hide it. Don't try to shove it in a closet because your inner child's not going to go away. It'll always be there. Um, I would talk to people. And uh, for me, I think the easiest thing has been over time trying to embrace it, talking to others, at least over the Internet, and finding out you're not the only one. Yeah. And that's really helped. Um, and just don't be ashamed to do something because you want to do it. Now, back to the TV shows. If you want to watch The Magic School Bus, don't feel like, well, it's for an adult, therefore I can't watch it. Mm-hmm. Watch it. And eventually your little side will come out and you'll become more accepting of it. I think that's it's like that with a lot of things. I mean – Growing up, I was always told, you know, you got to get married, one wife, be faithful, blah, blah, blah. And once I accepted who I was, mm-hmm. you know, as, as a, someone who's polyamorous, it was it made it easier. Uh, yeah. It's, the first thing you have to do is try to knock down that shame. And that's the yeah. hardest part. And that's just the one thing that. There's no advice other than talking and finding other people that are just like you. Yeah. Because you won't be able to just talk yourself out of, well, I shouldn't feel. So places like FetLife, are there like Yahoo groups and stuff like that? I haven't found any groups on Yahoo. Uh, FetLife. Um, through FetLife, there are other groups that you can find. A uh, lot of chat rooms out there. I found that this is more popular or at least they're more open in Europe and particularly the United Kingdom because almost really? every single group is based in the United Kingdom. That's interesting. That's, which is strange. Well, they're strange. And yeah. They, they put something in their mouth called spotted dick. <laughs> I'm not putting any dick in my mouth if it's spotted. I don't give a fuck. 
Not without a clean bill of health. Hey, that's it. There's nothing wrong with spotting a dick. Oh, there it is. But Or, oh, there's our prime minister. Yeah. That's, that's it for the dick jokes. Maybe. And there's, there's something to be said about him and stiffness. Um, one of the reasons why I, I, I brought a play earlier is I was just thinking about the way we uh, attach ourselves to toys and to different mm-hmm. objects. But I don't ever feel like the toy-like aspect, especially uh, with, with men, I'd say more than women, ever really goes away. And I think it's just the, the, the kinds of toys have changed over time depending on how old people are. If a, if a guy is in his 50s and he's not concerned about money and he buys a luxury car, he's not buying it for utility. He's buying it because he because, wants to play. Yeah, he wants the play aspect of it. And it's the toys themselves become the real thing as you get older because you have the money to buy the real that's, thing. That's, that's true too. So, Although not everybody gets to tank, but I see what you're going with this. Well – at least not up here. Yeah. In the South, you can get a tank. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and uh, I'm, I'm not expecting either of you to have the answer to this question, but this is just something I'm always curious about is what is it about the way society is run that seems to uh, put such a damper on admitting that we want to play or admitting that we want to have fun and sort of embrace our childlike aspect? Because it's something that we all have had experienced. It's something that we all still have a part of ourselves. I think on some level we're all capable of being littles, even if we're not all gung-ho about embracing it. I still play with my action figures. Action figures, card games, video games. Video games, I think, are the biggest thing. Yeah, It's something that, particularly with people of my generation, you started playing when you were real little with the Nintendos or the Ataris, Mm -hmm. and it's... You've never grown out of that phase, or a lot of people haven't grown out of that phase. I've never been a big gamer. gamer. Never been one of those. Um, I'll play the PlayStation 2 on rare occasion, and normally I'm playing something like Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah. Which Excellent. I guess is on the Wii. I don't know. Well, there's a Mario Kart on every system, yeah. and there is some debate as to which is the best one. But I mean, I'm a huge gamer. I still game yeah. to this day, and I find growing up, there, there is this, there's these two sides to uh, the problem. Problem one, or on the one side, is I love doing this. I have no problem admitting that this is maybe not my only passion, but certainly one of my greater passions. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, there is uh, there is a level of shame to it because why are you being why are you spending time playing games? Why are you not becoming a man? Why are you not getting your full time job or getting your wife and so on? Because I think in part we still even though we've Tried as a society tried to eschew the 1950s Donna Reed style house with the mother at home and the father goes and gets you know goes to work. That still exists with everybody within society as a whole. You're this idea of you have to grow up, you have to go to college, you have to or learn a trade, yeah. and then go to work, get out of the house at 18, and go to work. And that is out of the house at eighteen. Oh man, that oh, is funny idea. <laughs> that never happens with Italians, does it? Not for a long time. <laughs> I have my brother hasn't moved out yet, so I have a three year uh, period of grace before I would have to move. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's still that idea exists in society, and because of that, you, we don't want to go. Or society says you can't go back, even though. Going back is fun. Mm-hmm. 
It is. I love video games. And action figures. I love all that stuff, too. And I don't see myself being your age and having abandoned that. Yeah. Especially now, because nowadays, the things that people are into are, actually, are just becoming so much easier to accept because it's so much easier to connect with people who are also into that. I mean, some mm-hmm. of the games that I play now, if I wanted to, I can make money doing it. I can record footage. Yeah. I can put it online. I can show other people. Um, so where where would you like to see um, the the little uh, I guess society or little culture uh, uh, progressing to? I, mean, I I understand that I, there's there, I have to, there's probably some level of secrecy to it so that you don't want yeah. everyone to know. But what would you like to see people know generally or say generally about this? I well, I, there's always going to be some sort of level of secrecy because. You're always going to have those professions out there where you're just not allowed. And you're always going to have those people where you're just not allowed. But I'd like to see it almost get to the point where other sort of power exchange relationships have gotten as far as being mainstream. 20 years ago, if you were in a a master-slave situation – People really look down on that. That was strange and everything else. And I think today it still has an element of being different, but there's more of a, hey, to each their own attitude. With a little big sort of relationship that hasn't quite – society hasn't quite gotten there, but I'd like to see that happen to where it gets to to each their own. And – it can be embraced more in public than what it is today. Yeah. Well, I think one of the an important step to take is to uh, teach younger people, younger generations about these kind of things. Um, it almost sounds like it would get to a point where it's not about having to suddenly admit to be a little and go back. Yeah. But to realize that you never are going to get away from that side of yourself and that it's okay to keep it because it is a part of who you are anyways. Yeah. I mean, it's, there are just more things that would be, I, I wish were allowed to be more open. Things like, and I've done this before and it has been somewhat embarrassing. You go out to a restaurant and they have the kids menu with all the crayons <laughs> and you want to get, get the kids menu with the crayons so you can color and you're not allowed and I don't know why you're not allowed. Bring but your own sharpies. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'll do that though. Like if I go to someplace like um, Jack Ash, yeah, where like, they put the the tablecloth, yeah. down the crayons. I'm like totally give me some crayons, to do man. It. I bring my own. I have my my set of Crayola that I bring with me. Everywhere? No, not everywhere. Um, I have them at home. I'll take them to school. Just because I like to color things in. Normally what I'm coloring in there is more anatomical so I can lie and say, oh, I'm doing this for school. It's it's just I want to color something in. You got a coloring and book? I do with Disney princesses. Oh, no, no. I was talking about like for, for work. Oh, no. I have to draw my own stuff and I'm a horrible artist. My, my partner is a registered massage therapist mm-hmm. and she has a book of anatomy. That you can color it all in. I know which one you're talking about. It's hilarious. It's the most complicated coloring book. And you do not want to color outside the lines. No. You kill. Yeah, it could. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, yeah. 
It's it's funny. Yeah. Is, yeah. is there There's too much stress in our everyday lives? I mean, because it seems like these kinds of things are, are gaining momentum, and they're and not I, new ideas. Do you, do you feel I, that because of all the stresses that we face? This is a good question. We have a, a, a bigger need to to escape from it. I don't think <clears throat> I don't necessarily think that there's more stress. I think well to an extent there is more stress today than there has been in the past. But I don't think that's the biggest thing. I think the biggest thing actually is with the rise of the internet you are now <clears throat> able to connect more with people that you weren't before. I can remember when I was growing up and was, especially in high school. I went to high school when I was in the 90s. And being trans just seemed so out there. Yeah. And being a little just seemed so out there because to the point where I felt like I was the only one on the planet mm -hmm. because there was – I didn't know anybody else. Mm -hmm. Something was – I mean I wear good nights to bed. Something must be off. Mm -hmm. Fast forward 20 years and it's not that big of a deal anymore. Simp well, not – as big of a deal, simply because now I know there are hundreds and thousands of people out there in this city alone that have the same thing. Or back in my hometown, there was, there's a lot more people that I now know. Where's your hometown? Memphis, Tennessee. Yeehaw. Yeah. Hippie nice. USA. Um, <laughs> um, with, uh, with the partner... What do they what do they sort of get out of this deal? Is it that they just enjoy being able to uh, care for something? And is I, it more likely that there's someone who's never had the chance to raise a child or is it someone who has raised a child and misses that and wants to get back to that? I think it's different. The, the second part is different for different people. I think the first part is, yes, you have that chance to – care for someone that you wouldn't have otherwise, I think, and caring for them in a completely different fashion, uh, more than, say, loving your wife, I think, or loving your husband. Uh, I think in part, you also have someone who unconditionally loves you and puts a lot of trust in you. And I think it just can be fun. I, I think it's if I was looking at it from a big's perspective, it's fun to have someone who wants to show you their most inner, deepest part of themselves that they really don't want to show others. And just be completely vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, allow themselves to be vulnerable. Was that hard for you, allowing yourself to be vulnerable? It still is. I mean, it takes a while to get to know somebody to that point. Um but once that release is made, it's very exhilarating. Mm. So, um, when the say with the your your previous partner, what was the first uh, step that you guys had to take to get in touch? Was there like a meeting at a coffee shop where you, you both sat down and discussed this as adults first before you? Well, went into it, it it actually. Uh, went with with him. I met with him at to for another aspect of sex. I mean, it purely was sex yeah. to begin with. And 
over time, and it became relatively quickly because he came over one day when I was really stressed, I allowed him to see that little side of me. Mm -hmm. And to my surprise and actually to my joy, he accepted it. And our relationship went from this sort of submissive, dominant type thing to a big and little situation. And I, I kind of think that exists throughout the spectrum, throughout um, the little world out there, is it starts off as one thing and then morphs into being this big, little relationship. Though, I, for me, I'm trying to find someone who is actually into it more than because I, I don't want to go through that release yet again <laughs> all the stress of figuring out if they're into it or not mm-hmm. yeah because I mean, that, that has to be pretty stressful it is because it meant there's the door right there yeah and the last thing you want to say is here's who I am and then the second thing you hear is the door shutting behind them I mean that's and that can happen yeah well I, I and totally imagine so the other thing you end up worrying about is, will they go too far? Will they, they go to a completely different extreme? and A dark place or a rapey place or yeah. abusive. More abusive than anything else. And that's something else that you try to avoid. Yeah. Or at least I try to avoid. I, just, I, I think someone who maybe isn't as strong a person it, it's an opportunity to be really uh, uh to have themselves really abused i would think mm-hmm. you know because you're, you're giving someone else complete control and i think on the other side of the spectrum for someone who doesn't normally have that control once they have it it's pretty easy to go too far mm-hmm. yeah so there there again there's that level of trust you everybody has to trust each other very much so. Everybody so, does have to trust each other. Good takeaway. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it'd be nice if we could trust everybody. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ashley, thank you for coming on the show. Thank, thank you, you for, for having me. This. It's a very interesting uh, lifestyle. And uh, for anybody who's interested, like Ashley said, you know, there's a whole bunch of community support. On Fat Life, in the UK, which is uh, Fat Life, it's it's a free program uh, uh, group. It's kind of like Facebook. It's for Facebook kinksters. for sex, mm-hmm. for kinksters. Very right. So uh, there's that, and have fun, stay safe. Um, yeah. If any of our listeners were interested in contacting you, do you have anything in specific they could do? Uh, they can always find me on. Uh, on through FetLife if they wanted um, the handles BOS Baby so BOS Baby they, they can find that Boston Baby okay makes sense so thanks uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening in and we are interested in uh, engaging more with uh, with listeners I am checking the stats I know people are downloading this I know someone can hear this but um, if, uh, if, if any of this has prompted a question, um, uh, we would love to, to answer it online or answer it on the, on the we podcast. We can totally answer it on air if it's a, a question for a previous guest. 
we're still in touch with all of our guests. Mm-hmm. We can ask them or bring them back for another show. Uh, and we're looking to build um, a network and build a community with this. Exactly. There are other communities around, and I'm sure a lot of people listening who are already a part of those communities but so if if there's a topic that you haven't heard or something that you have heard about that you want to learn more about contact us we'll try and put together a show that is fun and informative all right anyway take us out on behalf of uh, joe ashton myself thank you for listening and uh, we'll see you in two weeks